Welcome, dumbheads, to MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. In this series, we're examining every single goddamn page of Alien Hunger, a quick start adventure for Vampire the Masquerade, to determine what is the dumbest thing on that page. Every episode is one page, every episode is short. If you'd like to play along at home, this is 1991's Alien Hunger, the official PDF release from White Wolf. Tonight, we're discussing page 29 of Alien Hunger, just barely. Last time, we were very excited to meet the elusive science jaguar, aka Denver's most eligible freelance biochemist, Dr. Roger Liverman. He told us that his house had just been robbed by a squirrely little lesser blonde man named Robert Klondike, and that if we would go and retrieve the stolen stuff from Robert Klondike and bring it back to Science Jaguar, he would reward us by letting us look at his notes from his biochemical work with Jacob Prester. It would be interesting to know what Prester was up to. We did not know him to be a chemistry aficionado. Uh, This does raise the possibility there was some kind of experiment involved with creating us, so this is really worth looking into, and we're just itching for a fight at this point in the adventure, right? And not getting jumped by some random vampire outside of fish pants. I mean, like, let's go to a location and break in and kill a guy and take his stuff. Now, fortunately, before robbing Science Jaguar, Robert Klondike first contacted Science Jaguar and said, hey, I'm interested in getting this stuff that you have. By the way, my real actual name is Robert Klondike. And it was only after Science Jaguar said no that Klondike then foolishly invaded the Jaguar's den. So Science Jaguar just gives us Klondike's real name and using his real name, we're able to find out his actual address. He lives in a small house in a blue-collar neighborhood just north of Denver. Now, given that this guy is a thief and was able to elude Prince Ed's men back when they burned down Jacob Prester's house, and we really need what he has, this stuff that he's stolen from Science Jaguar, obviously we're going to try to sneak into the house, so we're not calling ahead or anything. We're just going to drive up north to this little neighborhood, and everybody in Vampire Drama Club is just going to try to sneak into this house and steal from this guy while he's sleeping. That's it for this page. We'll we'll find out what happens next page. The rest of the page is just spoilers about Robert Klondike and how he's involved in this whole situation, which means that since we have almost nothing to talk about on this page that isn't a spoiler, it's time for dumb vampire tricks. Let's return to our list of vampire disciplines and spend today just talking about another discipline from Vampire the Masquerade in my ongoing quest to familiarize you, the listener, with all the weird tricks that vampires can do in the world of darkness. I'm rolling now. So I've rolled a discipline called Kai, K-A-I, which I've never heard of. Uh, I'm going to have to look it up. And it looks like it comes from a book called Dark Alliance Vancouver, uh, a vampire source book about Vancouver from 1993. Oh, you know what? Actually, now as I go to look at it, it looks like maybe it is a werewolf book, actually. Uh, Yes, it says on the cover, quote, a regional source book for werewolf, the apocalypse and vampire, the masquerade. So apparently there are dark goings-on in Vancouver. Well, I mean, there are dark goings-on everywhere. It's the world of darkness. But there's this book specifically about the dark goings-on in goth punk Vancouver. We definitely don't have time to get into it. All I know is the vampire clan known as the Bushi are here. We also don't have time to talk about who the Bushi are. But they're from Japan, and dark Vancouver is from the early 90s. So, like, what's the first word that comes to mind for you as the overriding concept of a Japanese vampire clan? early 90s. If you said honor, you're a racist, but you're also correct. I would also accept katana. So the Bushi are honor vampires from Japan, and they have their own discipline called Kai. So let's talk about what this discipline does. This is a really a great example of dumb vampire tricks, because 
the core powers in Vampire are shit you expect vampires to do, by and large. But the weirdo vampires all gotta have a thing. Some kind of special discipline that does shit you wouldn't expect from a vampire. For example, the first dot of Kai is known as Inner Focus. I'll read from the text of this power, and uh, let's go ahead and start the honor count. Honor is foremost in the Bushi's mind and soul. It is this idea of honor, this overwhelming drive to perform their duty, that allows this power to work. Instead of using willpower points to resist the urge to frenzy, Abushi may spend two blood points and regain an inner calm for a scene, so that she may act with honor and perform her master's will. In order for this to work, the situation in which the Bushi will frenzy must be one that would either endanger a task given by the Bushi's master, or a situation which could cause the character to lose honor if she frenzied. This is just one of the powerful mystical abilities of the Bushi, which may seem like a thaumaturgy path, but in fact is the essence of the spirit. So in world, people are confused. Like, isn't this just like a thaumaturgy path? Like, isn't this the path of honor or something? And it's a thing you do with thaumaturgy. That's what this seems like. And in world, the Bushi are like, no, 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 you've got us all wrong. This is the essence of spirit, which is a false dichotomy, but okay. I'm going to keep hold of this for later in my life when I need to save face. Hey, Chris, you got a blob of mustard on your shirt. Is it mustard? Or is it the essence of spirit? So basically, inner focus is not too bad. You can prevent yourself from frenzying by, instead of spending willpower, spending blood points. Two blood points get you one scene. Not a bad rate of exchange, although I want to point out that you can only spend one blood point per turn unless you are ninth generation or better. So like, starting characters can be eight or ninth generation. If they spend four to five of their five-point background allotment on that, being eighth generation and being able to spend three blood per turn costs the same amount of background points as being a jet-setting multimillionaire like Sir Allnut Bloodworth. So you're not necessarily going to see a ton of 8th and ninth generations at the table. And if it's 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th, then this character is going to have to spend two turns waiting for their anti-murderous rage power to kick in, uh, which is longer than you want to wait to avert a murderous rage. But okay, so far so good. Not awful. Fits the clan concept. Two dots. Focused. Strike. Those who are well-practiced in the martial arts are known to be able to break wood and brick with their hands, feet, and heads. The focused strike is an extension of that ability. By expending blood points, the character can focus her inner power into a massive strike, which, instead of wood and brick, can break through walls of stone or iron and destroy the most powerful of enemies. With this power, Abushi may send an enemy flying with the lightest of blows. And it goes on to say that there are rumors that if you're a higher level Bushi, then you can channel this power through swords or bullets. But that's theoretical. That's for vampires of future generations to sort out. The underworld films hadn't been invented yet. It was like 1993. The way this power works is you spend a blood point, you get to add two dice to the damage of your unarmed martial arts attack, and the damage is aggravated, which means kind of cuts through any conventional toughness the character has, takes creatures like vampires and werewolves a lot longer to heal that damage. You want aggravated damage. It's what uh, Teresa gets from Vampire Drama Club with her protean claws and what Sir Allnut Bloodworth gets with his vicious tongue attack, but they don't have to pay blood every time they want to do aggravated damage, unlike this power, where there's a steep toll of one blood per turn or more if you want more than a plus two bonus to your damage. On the other hand, you can probably crank the damage higher with this, given that you're willing to spend a bunch of blood on it than you can get with something like Protean Claws. But the problem is you can't do that in one round unless you're eighth or ninth generation. So most of the modern generation of Bushi are going to be too high generation to make this any better than essentially Protean Claws that you have to pay for again every turn. You will notice, though, to, to say something positive about that power, it did not even mention honor once. 
So hopefully this trend continues. At three dots, we have Honorable Elixir. The Bushi may turn her blood into a spiritual substance that will cause others who drink it to walk the path of honor. Anyone, either mortal or vampire, even those of a higher generation than the blood donor, who drinks the blood must treat the Bushi honorably, as if he were a Bushi as well. He will suffer any willpower loss or derangement that normally comes from breaking one's vow. What they're talking about here is, you know, every vampire clan has a weakness. The Bushi's weakness is, well, it's really unclear exactly how it works, but basically, if you, like, break your word or act dishonorably one time, or maybe a lot of times, not not clear, then you'll lose the use of your disciplines until you atone. And in severe cases, you can even lose permanent willpower or you can gain a derangement. So you can start to have severe psychic damage from being dishonorable when you are a bushi. And with this power, essentially you you craft an honor potion and make someone drink it or trick someone into drinking it, as we will see, which curses them, like you, with the inability to shut the fuck up about honor. It's wharf juice, is, is essentially what it is. Here's the problem, quote, This effect only lasts for one scene, unless the honorable elixir has been drunk on three different occasions, in which case a blood bond develops, and the honor effect becomes permanent. So normally, if you just kind of slip it in somebody's drink, you dose somebody with wharf juice while you're at like a business meeting or whatever, it makes the person unable to break their word of honor or sort of uh, behave in a way that would, would dishonor them just for the current scene. So unless you are negotiating with real scumbags who are going to make a deal with you and then break it before you leave the table and the scene ends, then this does not do much. What you really need to do is feed the blood to somebody three times and then they permanently have to be honorable toward you specifically. But if you fed them your blood three times, they would be blood bound to you anyway. And then they'd essentially be in vampire love with you and they would do whatever you want. This one's kind of a miss. The power does go on to give some advice about how to use it, though. Quote, the Bushi often use this during business negotiations, even on mortals ignorant of their vampiric nature. It is not hard convincing businessmen to honor the Bushi's, quote, simple Japanese custom from samurai times. In this case, the sharing of a drop of blood or a drop concealed in a cup of sake. Oh, easy, is it? 1993. Uh, this was not the height of drinking people's blood willy-nilly as part of a business lunch. So honorable elixir, not great, but at four dots, you get shield from fire, which is a shield from fire. You know what? I'm not even going to read the text of this power. For every blood point you spend, you get immunity to fire for one turn. Situational, but extremely helpful. See, if Jacob Prester had been smart enough to be an honorable Japanese samurai vampire, he could have survived his mansion burning down, and we wouldn't have to play this adventure, and Vampire Drama Club could still do Shakespeare in the park. I don't know why everyone insists on ruining their life by not being a samurai. There's one more power in this discipline, five dots, Daimyo's Law. This allows the Bushi to force another, whether mortal or vampire, to pursue an obligation for the Bushi. This obligation is specific and usually involves a task. The task could be to fetch a stolen clan object. They actually said fetch. This is a, this is a power NPCs have that allows them to compel you to go on a quest to fetch something. The book said it. I didn't say it. The book said it. Uh, back to the text. The task could be to fetch a stolen clan object, such as an old sword, to punish another vampire for an injury to clan honor, or even to close a business deal for the clan. The Bushi must verbally deliver the obligation. The obligation lasts until it has been performed. If the target ignores the obligation, he will lose a willpower point at the end of every week in which he has done nothing to complete the task. 
relatable. I've been leaking willpower for a while now. I'm going to be honest with you. So this is interesting, very much an NPC power. But if you're the big vampire in charge, you've got five dots of the super special clan discipline, Kai, then you can inflict Daimyo's Law, where you command a lesser vampire or, or a mortal vassal to go do something for you for the clan. And they got to do it because for every week that they make no effort to obey you, they lose a willpower point. Now, you do have to roll to make this power work, but it doesn't even matter because here's the thing. And this is going to be the dumbest thing about the discipline. According to first edition vampire, here are some ways you can get willpower back. Um, finishing a story, completing an objective, right? Like achieving a success, doing something that restores your confidence, uh, fulfilling your nature, which depending on your nature can be very easy. You know, if you've got the conniver nature, just whatever you're going to do that day, do it under false pretenses and then cackle when the person walks away who you're just talking to. That's your conniving. You get willpower back. Also, uh, the book suggests maybe just every time you wake up at night, you get a willpower back. So losing one willpower per week as the ultimate expression of your unbreakable service to your elder, it's very weak. Although I have to say this thing where, you know, you're supposed to do something and then about one time every week when you don't do anything about it, you remember and you're like, oh, fuck, man. And you feel like a little bit worse about yourself, a little less. I love that system as just a mechanical representation of real life. Uh, no vampires involved. I don't I don't need a vampire from Japan to come tell me I'm a piece of shit for not cleaning the bathtub. I know. I know. So that's it for Kai. Even though it's got some good stuff in there, I'm giving this power overall a mere one pint of blood. This power just doesn't do a lot for me. The clan already makes you like a hierarchical Japanese honor obsessed kind of samurai vampire. Just the, the features of the clan. You really don't need this grab bag discipline to ineffectually try to enforce that with the rules. What you can do proactively here with these powers is really minimal. Like on any given day when you don't need to worry about being burned to death so your shield from fire doesn't come into play, basically you can pay blood through the nose to do powerful martial arts strikes and you can dose people with your blood to use it as a highly erratic and ineffectual truth serum. And that's basically it. That's, that's really all that's worth mentioning you can do with this power even all the way up to five dots, where a dot of willpower a week is is nothing. You know, you might wound your vassal's pride, your vassal's honor, but I tell you what you're not going to do, you're not going to make your vassal clean the fucking bathroom. Not at one willpower a week. We, we all price that into just living. That's it for this edition of Dumb Vampire Tricks. Join me next time as we return to Alien Hunger for an underwhelming action climax and a huge reveal on MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. This has been Mega Dumbcast. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Social media was never healthy and is now dying, so if you want to contact me, you can email me. I am megadumbcast at gmail.com. This season's theme song is Suck City by Black Math, whose work you can find at freemusicarchive.org slash music slash black underscore math. Dumbheads, I will catch you next time.